is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Revuture, the show in which we take a classic movie that one of us, or both of us, might not have seen before, and we take a look at it now. I'm Drew Bridger. I'm Amber Inch. And there comes a time in every boy's life where all he has to do is sit down with a good book. Yes, we are travelling back in our Wayback Machine to the year of 1984, and guess what, Amber? What? You don't get to do your joke this episode. What joke? You don't get to do your thing. What thing? You know the thing. No. You know the thing that you do. What thing? Oh, you say that you've watched this film, but actually you haven't. You say you've watched it. But actually, you watched it like ages ago, and just you just pretending that you've seen it. Guess what, Amber? What? I actually haven't seen it this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Finally. This is one that we both haven't seen. Mm. How does that feel? Um, all right. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more of a reaction from that from you, but what? all right, okay, what all right. Re- what reaction did you want? Oh, I don't know. I was hoping for something a little bit more like, oh, good, finally, you can actually admit it. I did I thought, say finally. Yeah, I thought you were going to go along with the in-joke for a while then, but you were just like, oh, good, No, because good, last good. time you got annoyed when I was talking about it. Oh, where's this, where's this come from? Yeah, yeah, well. So I've stopped now. Oh, okay, all right. We took the in-joke too far, and then when I start playing into it, you're no longer interested. Yeah, because you said that you didn't like me talking, you don't want me to do it anymore, so I stopped. Okay, well, okay, all right. Well, that's killed that joke dead then, hasn't it? (laughs) No, you seemed hurt, so if you don't want me to make a joke anymore, I don't make a joke anymore. Well, no, I'm saying this time you don't get to. (laughs) Well, Well, there you go. Just as well, then. Just as well, isn't it? Yeah. So I actually haven't seen this film before. And I don't know if this is really a surprise of any kind, considering what it is, because... Even though I was born way after this film came out. Well. <laughs> All right. Way after. All right. Yeah, three years <laughs> after this. Yeah, so even if... Right, so even if I was born three years after this film came out, I probably wouldn't appreciate it as a film until at least, you know six years after this came out seven ten years after this film came out so you know i would have to be at least around the age of like five or six to actually appreciate this film as a film yeah probably older. you know yeah exactly so we are traveling in our wayback machine today to the year 1984 to look at the can i call it a cult phenomenon yeah, I, I don't know. I think so. I th- yeah. I mean, it's definitely in that era of things. The cult phenomenon, I suppose. The never-ending story. Which, I mean, I, I'm surprised... In a way, I'm surprised that you 
hadn't seen it because Why? well I in so much as I'm surprised that no one showed this film to you Who when you were a kid like your family <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of film that your dad might no. have tried to show you I as really a kid 80s film I had good stuff by then like The Lion King and Toy Story yeah <laughs> well yeah I suppose so but I was kind of thinking more along the lines of you having been shown it as part of like know. a... I don't know. I don't think I would have liked this. Oh, okay. So, well, I don't I, like it now. <laughs> well, I suppose there is that. I find it weird that I haven't seen this film before because I feel like... Yeah, I find that a bit weird, actually. This was... Oh, all right. Thank you. <laughs> Why? No, I'm kidding. I feel like this was more in the area of something that I probably should have seen yeah. or would otherwise have seen considering the other films that I was also kind of consequently interested in. Mm. But I feel like there was something about this film in a way that put me off. Okay. Because, do you remember, okay, we're going to take a little trip back in our minds now, all right? <laughs> do you remember the heady days of our youth when you would get a VCR of... Now, that's already old enough, right? The fact... What's a VCR, I hear you say? Right, a tape, a cassette tape. A, no, a VHS. A VHS, yeah, thank you. See, it's been so long, I've forgotten the term the VCR is the player. Yeah, I... Yes! Yes, I know my mistake now. <laughs> I remembered... Going back in my mind, you'd have a VHS tape. Yeah. Right? Do you remember when you would put it in and it would never cut straight to the film? There would always be ads, yeah, trailers, yeah. everything like that before yeah, the yeah. film started. <laughs> right? So there was always... Well, I'm, I say always. On a few ones that I had, because it was like Criterion Collection or something like that... <laughs> Whatever, it was from the same studio that probably produced them. So they say, hey, other films from this studio that's bringing you this is blah, 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 blah. That's how I first saw the trailer for Star Wars when I was like five. And they, because they were releasing the trilogy on VHS. Aww. Right. So I first saw the trailer for Star Wars and I was like, wow, I kind of want to watch Star Wars now. <laughs> Aww, yeah, sweet. I know. Right. So I was like, so I was like, no, how old was I? I think I was like seven or eight or something. And I was like, oh, wow, I kind of want to watch that film. kind of want to watch Star Wars. That's Looks to cool. It totally worked then, what they did. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, what a, what a surprise that you show a, a trailer for a cool-looking film to an impressionable young kid <laughs> and go, do you want to watch this film of this trailer that we've made it look really exciting? And, you know, not at all about intergalactic politics for the most part. I know, part. but it's like an old... Like, it would have been quite an old film by then. It would have, yeah. I think it was around the time that they were reissuing it after having, like, remastered it. Yeah. So it was around the mid-90s, early to mid-90s, they'd reissued them after having, like, re-scrubbed all of the film and everything. Right, yeah. Like, you know, made, made the darks darker the lights lighter everything mm. like that you know made all of the colors brighter 
I saw a trailer for The NeverEnding Story, and even though I liked Jim Henson-style things at the time, there was something about NeverEnding Story <laughs> to me that was like, hmm, I'm not sure I like the look of that. <laughs> that puts me on edge <laughs> a little bit. There, there was some things in my youth that I deliberately <laughs> didn't want to watch because they kind of put me on edge a little like bit. What? Because of how they looked. Oh, yeah, I understand. There are some things I can't quite rem- I don't quite know. Like, some silent films put me on edge a bit like that. Yeah. There's something about, like, silent films, like that old-style black-and-white like overly make up face and right. I don't I don't okay. know what it is and I don't know why but there's something about it that makes me feel a bit like oh like a bit mm. creep oh mm. like just uneasy but I don't but I can't describe it because there's nothing scary about it and it's not on purpose to be creepy obviously yeah it's just like it's actually quite nice like two people might be going on a date and they like each other yeah, but yeah. it's just like there's something that I don't know. I genuinely can't describe. Like there's a feeling that I'm try that I try to kind of like get across, but I don't know why. And the irony of this situation is that usually for things like this, there's like a German word for it <laughs> because there's so many German words <laughs> for th- for like very particular feelings of things that would take a lot of English words to describe. The irony of this situation is that the original never-ending story was written in German. Oh. So there probably is a word in there for the feeling of unease being offset by something that you're watching on screen. Yeah, but, it's just that I don't know why. I yeah. I don't know why. It's that the fact that they... Is it the, kind of the fact that they look very human but not quite fully human like there's no like angles on their faces when they're that heavily made up in black and white i just don't know like when you think of old films you're like oh creepy old i don't know why (laughs) i mean when you think back on things like black and white films it does dredge up things ghostly mm, things yeah of like nosferatu i know it's obviously not victorian but it's like the Victorian ghost stories right. and things like that that make you... I don't know, because it doesn't... I don't know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to explain it, but there's just something about it that makes me mm. a bit... Ooh, don't know if I like that. But, I mean, for Never Ending Story, I think it was the things about the animatronics or... Yeah, because his mouth way... doesn't quite move along yeah. with the words properly. Yeah, there was something about just some of the animatronics and the way that they moved, that they didn't really, like, feel right to me. They didn't really... Uh, it's such an indescribable yeah, sense know, of know, just, like... And even though I had watched some Jim Henson things, like The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, even then... I know, but they move smoothly and properly because it's somebody operating them. Yes. This is like an animatronic thing that's, like... A, like a bit juddery or like a little bit like it, it lapses a bit and yeah yeah almost like it's about to break or something there is that but even even then 
even though I'd watched high fantasy things like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and stuff like that, for some reason, at that age, I still couldn't quite stomach the Muppets for a while. <laughs> for some reason. And I know this is going to sound really strange, but I think it was because of characters like Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Because they're meant to look like people. Yeah. And they <laughs> weren't people. Yeah. And it's playing into that kind of automatonophobia that I have of things looking like people, but not being people. It's yeah. like, it was that. So I got kind of put off by that. And even though there, there isn't any of that happening in <laughs> NeverEnding Story, it is the fact that it's slightly out of uncanny, whereas like it doesn't quite line up, nothing quite looks how it should. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, as we do with every episode, we get the people or the person that hasn't seen the film to talk us through what they thought the film was going to be about before watching it. So I think I should go first for this one. Okay. Because this was my suggestion that we watched, because I couldn't believe that I'd gone this long. And I suddenly thought one day, I forget what it was that clued me in, but I suddenly thought one day, well, hang on, I've never seen The NeverEnding Story. Neither of you. And this is like a big How did thing. you know that I hadn't seen NeverEnding Story? I think I asked you once whether oh. you'd seen it, but I was just going on the assumption that you probably hadn't, because it just kind <laughs> no, of... that would have been right. Well, yeah, but also it kind of wasn't your thing either. No, exactly. But, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I thought this film was going to be a little bit different from what it was. I, I thought that this film was going to be more about the kid physically coming into the fantasia, fantasia the the fantasy world like i thought he was i thought he was going to start reading the book and the more he read the book like there was a part of it where they literally like pulled him i thought that as well into it because there were so many scenes <laughs> in the film that I thought I had seen like clips of or flashes of or things from in pop culture or whatever where Bastion, the kid reading the book, was in the scene as well. Well, he was riding that Falco. Yeah, that. Well, there's yeah, there's that. Maybe that's why though. But I but I thought it was more things like the swamp of sadness oh and everything like i thought maybe you just confused him with the actual boy in this i mean maybe i did maybe i did maybe that's the thing but i was i was so convinced that they were like sharing the screen together oh, okay throughout the film that i was like well have i got this all wrong yes in my head <laughs> well yeah obviously i have obviously i have so I kind of thought, well, is this it? Is this it? Is this him just reading the book? <laughs> I know. For the entire film. I thought, well, this is just Princess Bride, essentially. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, it's very Princess Bride, but it's only at the end that it gets very meta. And I was like, oh, okay. 
right now is the point where it like makes the twist and it's been building to that and it's five minutes from the end but <laughs> you know what did you think it was going to be about I literally had absolutely no I'm going to be really boring I really had no idea <laughs> I couldn't even imagine what it was going to be about I can't even I couldn't even think what it was going to be about I had literally no idea I knew that that big dragon thing turned up at one point right so Falcor. I kind of thought what you thought oh it's just somebody in a fantasy land I had absolutely no idea what this story was going to be about how can you how can you <laughs> what I will say is the title is very very misleading yeah it's a bit vague from well it's not very it's not just vague <laughs> it's also I you know I should be suing for uh, false advertising. Yeah, because we're still, we're not still watching it, are we? Oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Says never-ending story. <laughs> Says never-ending story. It's actually one of the shortest films we've watched yeah. recently. Yeah, but I think the book was really long. Okay, so, would you like your first bit? Oh, oh, oh. why did I bring that why up? Why did I bring that up? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the episode where I get to take it out of you this time. So, I was going to say, did you want your first bit of, is the trivia worth the time? Because there is, well, I won't read all of it, because some of it is spoilers, and there are another two films of this. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, all right, there's no need to look like that. (laughs) Is it just the same film again, because it's never ending? That's the point. I feel like it's not, but I will read you this. Because is it called the never ending story because... It essentially, they're saying obviously, oh, Bastion is the real kid that's that, like the Earth child that's got to say my name to keep me to keep us alive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's not the only person that's ever read that book. So it's the never ending story because they have to do it with everybody that reads that book. I so okay. So here is my mentality behind it because the Empress at the end says that he's part of the never-ending story so he is reading there's she says he is reading our story now as it's happening just as there are are people watching his story Uh, presumably paradoxically that just carries on and on and on and on are they trying to introduce like string theory into a kid's film I mean, <laughs> is it kind of like that? <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect to have an existential crisis <laughs> at the end of this film, but that is what's been brought on by <laughs> the conclusion to this film. It ends with you essentially having a question of your own mortality <laughs> and whether you're actually just a fictional character in someone else's book the entire time. Moonchild! See, okay. (laughs) I had to... Okay, all right. I'm going to come clean now, okay? I had no idea what he said at that part. Part of me coming up here, pulling back the curtain on this podcast, part of me (laughs) coming up here to set up the equipment to record immediately after having watched this film was frantically trying to find out what he actually (laughs) said. Moonchild. Yeah, I didn't near. I didn't know. What was his mum's name? So obviously his mum was a hippie then. Okay, that's that's created a little bit of backstory there. (laughs) That's good. So, I mean, you know, 
I don't want to ask this, but what do you reckon that she died from? Was it just a really bad LSD trip or something <laughs> as a hippie? I don't know. Um, maybe she drowned in the mud. Oh, awful. So, a little bit of is the trivia worth the time? The movie... Spoiler, it's not. Mm, <laughs> okay. I'm going to... So... <laughs> all right. None of this trivia is good, okay? What None of the trivia. Then? Was that your Tom Cruise impression? <laughs> <laughs> I look more like Tom Cruise than anyone else there is. What, even Tom Cruise? <laughs> I, look more, I look more like Tom Cruise than anyone. <laughs> All of the trivia for this film is terrible, okay? All of it is terrible. There is no good trivia for this film. Like, I usually think that I can find some good trivia for the films that we watch. There is no good trivia for this film. <laughs> All right. Half of the trivia is just about Noah Hathaway. Unlike what he's doing. The guy who oh, plays what he's Trey. Doing now. <laughs> yeah. Half of the trivia is just about Going that. Going to conventions, probably. So, one of them is this. And it's surprisingly one of the only bits that isn't about... <laughs> that guy. Yeah. The movie only covers the first half of the original novel by Michael Ender. Bastion reading the book and saving Fantasia for giving Childlike Empress a new name. Therefore, the point at which the movie ends is only the halfway point of the... See, it literally... Even that's confusing. I'm, I'm confused now. It literally has... The trivia has just repeated itself. The movie only covers the first half of the original book. Therefore, the point at which the movie ends is only the halfway point of the book. Yeah, all right, we get it. Bastion what, enters so into Fantasia in to recreate it using Orin, his later coronation as king, a war to topple him, the progressive loss of memory after it, and finally his return to the real world is all in the following films. Oh. So, yeah. It's it's mental that the book was so long. Yeah, the never ending. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe that's how you feel when you're reading it. Michael Ender, the author of the book, was unhappy with his adaptation of his story <laughs> and refused to have his name placed in the opening credits. His name still appears in the ending credits. During production, he strongly disagreed with how the film was deviating from the source material. Oh. Uh, he later requested a change of the film's title or oh. production halted altogether. Oh. After the studio declined both requests, he filed a lawsuit and ultimately lost. Yeah. So, this, this guy wrote this... I thought you could... Could you not say, like... I mean, I don't know how it works, but I suppose he already gave the rights over. But could he not say, well, I wrote this, this is my material, I'm not going to give you the rights then. I'm just going to take the rights off you. Probably he could. Maybe it doesn't work. Probably. Well, I but I think when you're adapting a script, oh, you yeah. can basically claim that you're not directly using the source material. Mm. So in that instance, yes, they could probably change the title of the film, change some parts of the script and have it loosely based on that novel. But... I found it a bit confusing. Did you? Yeah. All right. Why did he have, why did he have to do that at all in the first place? That whole journey, what did he have, why did he have to do that? Because that's the part, that's what she said at the end. The part, the whole point of his journey was because Bastion was along the journey with him. If he had just said at the start, like, <laughs> that the whole point of it is to for him to garner interest and 
you know, emotionally invest in the story. Yeah, see, that's it. Like, I don't think... Like, I know that part, everybody was everybody watched the film when they were younger was completely scarred by that horse scene, and that's all I hear people talk about whenever an end-rending story Again, that's like, oh, same with me. That thing with the horse where the horse dies. And it's like, oh, yeah, fine, it is sad that a horse dies, but they haven't established any type of... Connection. connection like, attachment or no. anything to this horse prior to this. He was only in the film for about two minutes before that happened. And I was a bit like... Oh, right, yeah, it's just horse. Like, I didn't know anything about it. Hmm. Like, I feel like they should have made that more of a thing or made that kind of... Later in later the story. Later in the film so that you had grown an attachment to this horse instead of... Yeah. Just, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. And know. also, it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick because he, you see him with him at the end. So he's wished for them back. Yeah, He's essentially true. collected all seven of the dragon balls, which, <laughs> you know, there is a dragon in this film. <laughs> So, I mean, you know. And he was a creep. Well. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He's winking at him. You talk in your sleep, wink. Come over here and scratch me behind the ear. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's creep. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think we're viewing this film through the eyes of cynical adults, in a way. I don't think so. Do you not? No. Do you think... So, what did you think of this film overall? I still would have thought, even if I was younger, I still would have thought it was creepy that he was winking at him and saying, oh, okay. you talk in your sleep, and I was listening. Okay. <laughs> Don't you think? I still think that's a bit creepy. A little bit. Here's the thing. I thought that Falcor was going to be in it a little bit more, and he was going to be the character that everyone kind of finds that connection with and has yeah, you know is, is like there was, there was you know no, that's everyone's like, favorite character of of anything like that was it it was just no. it was just wasn't it was like you don't see anything long enough for you to ha- be bothered about it like the the only character that you really have that amount of time with to form any connection with is atreyu and even then as a character there's no real change. No, he doesn't have any substance him. about him. No, because there's that part where he goes through the oh, whatever reason for that massive boob thing. The Sphinx. Why have they got such big boobs? <laughs> Why have they got such big obvious boobs? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this film. That is like, why is that there? Like, why, <laughs> why do these statues they, have, have giant nipples? Boobs? It's so. I mean, that's not that's not appropriate, is it? I mean, I think it, that's weird. I mean, and it's like as soon as you look at as soon as you look at the boobs, you get zapped with laser eyes. Don't look at boobs, kids, because that's what happens to you. You get your eyes burnt out. I mean, that is the that is the subtext of the film is that if you look directly at the boobs, you're probably going to get lasered to death. <laughs> so also, there's like a lot of things wrong with that part because that's they're looking through you to see what's inside your heart and your confidence and your whatever bravery and whatever they said stuff like that based rubbish stuff like that and he didn't actually make it through they still tried to laser him it's just that he ran quick (laughs) he was too fast yeah yeah so he wasn't actually a hero at all because he still wasn't good on the inside he just ran ran through the laser it's not about good or bad it's how sure of yourself you are if it's it's yeah, about like, it's, it's, it's testing the, it's the your confidence doubt confidence in your heart and all this. yeah yeah but he obviously wasn't very sure of himself because he just he had to leg it through it because he didn't think he would make it that's, yeah that's self doubt fair enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no he, <laughs> so, so it didn't even work yeah so I mean 
Mm. And why couldn't he just use that big dragon to fly over it? Well, I mean, this is it, it, this brings up the whole thing of, from Lord of the Rings as well. Like, why didn't the eagles just fly them into Mordor? You know, I haven't seen that. Well, yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure I could think of a reason why if I watched it, but I don't know. <laughs> well, the, canonically, yes, there are reasons, <laughs> and it's because the eagles can't fly over the land of men. Blah 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 blah. Everything like that in the. So, yeah, there is always an answer to these things canonically. And I'm sure that it's probably because, you know, Falcor took him as far as he could go, but was not allowed to, like, go any further for whatever magical reasons. Yeah, I know. I'm fed up with all this stuff in film. Yeah, magical reasons. I'm fed up with all this stuff in films being like, oh, no, you can't do that because you have to show your bravery. You have to know yourself. You have to find yourself. You have to know what you're capable of. You have to believe in yourself. All this sort of stuff. No, just get me over the blooming thing. You can fly. What's the point of you being here otherwise? But that doesn't create any hurdles for the character. That creates nothing for the character to actually do. So you're basically saying your ideal film would be they have something to go and do. They find the quickest route there, do it, and then go home. Why do you think I like Flintstones and Move Rock Vegas so much? <laughs> All they want to do is go to Las Vegas. They get there and they come back. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. I suppose I walked right into that one, really. Didn't I? I don't I care about peril. I just want them like Napoleon Dynamite. It's just, a, it's just, he's just having a day. Like it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, you had to. You, have you to don't want to see any of the characters in any kind of danger, really, do you? I don't know. I don't care about that. He wasn't in danger. It's just this whole rubbish of like, oh no, you have to believe in yourself. You have to really know your worth and all this sort of stuff. Well, why are you there then? Just fly me over the thing. What are you there to do? Perv on me in my sleep? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> we interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird Gift Baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customizable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savory, and mixed baskets, as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber, they can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Reviewcher sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So you weren't really a fan of this film then? No, I wasn't really that bothered by it. Okay. Well, I I kind of I was kind of showing you this in in the vain hope that it might be something that you kind of got turned around on. I because I was kind of expecting to see this film and maybe have something as far as a light bulb click for me go. Yeah, if it was and better. go. <laughs> oh, I get 
what this is about now. Like, I get the mentality of this film now. Like, I see why this is a big deal. I see what the big deal is about. But I kind of just felt like... I felt some parts of it were just a little bit cringe. Yeah, the whole thing was cringe. In a way. Well, no, I don't think the whole (laughs) thing was cringe. I don't think the whole thing was cringe. It was mainly just the whole fact of this kid reading the book and it cutting back to him in the real world every so often and him sort of like saying things out loud yeah that that is like okay but we already know that this is happening (laughs) yeah but we have to be reminded that he's reading it yeah but it's but it's like we know what part we're at because we're actually watching that at the same time so should he not have actually been saying something else like checking his watch and being like <laughs> that, I re- what, that's less cringe no checking his watch and saying like i really should be going home now maybe i'll just do one more chapter you know so it's like that repetitively like showing his like he knows he's got to be doing other things he knows know, he's he got to care, be though. right but that's but that's the bit that we should be seeing he doesn't but we he doesn't be even seeing think the about going somewhere else because he doesn't care that doesn't even come into his head he doesn't he's not even thinking about it yeah instead we just see him eating stuff eating an apple like really yeah. aggressively <laughs> aggressively eating an apple and what school has that room just available for kids yeah, to just walk just like... right into yeah, it's not it's not really an attic, is it? Because it's not even really up. It's not even... It's just up a couple of stairs. <laughs> oh, there you go. The broken glass... The key with the broken glass is just right here. Yeah. That's... Yeah. How Stupid. convenient. And how did nobody ask where he was? Like, why wasn't his dad like, oh, where has he gone? I know, because it literally gets to, like, halfway through the night. Yeah, and there's thunder and lightning and storms happening and it's raining everywhere. No, Although I suppose he could just wish, one of his wishes could just be like, I wish it was like I'd never left. Like no one even realised I was gone. Yeah, I know, but that happens. <laughs> that, that happens <laughs> Problem at, solved. Yeah, but, there you go. There's your answer yeah, but that happens it. at the end. He gets wishes at the end. Where where are the people the whole other, where are the other times? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I find it, I find it funny that the bookshop guy said literally everything that you would probably say to a kid if you wanted them to do the exact opposite of what yeah, you were he saying. He wanted him to take the book, though, didn't he? That's what he said. He obviously did. He yeah, obviously that's what did. he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. looking out the window and he was like, yes, you Yes, do it. Or whatever he Do said. it. Do it. Go on. Take it. <laughs> I knew you would take it. Like, he wasn't even, like, he he wasn't even subtle about where he hit, like, wasn't even the point of putting it under something, like, right in front of the, no. right in front of him, like, this, this book isn't for you. It's not for you. <laughs> Why is it for, then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I found that kind of funny. Like, he obviously, they obviously had it in the script, like, he's going to say absolutely everything to him to make him take the book. Because if he just said, here, take this book, he would have gone... Mm, no, probably not. <laughs> oh, I've got loads of books. I've got 186 books at home. I don't need that one. <laughs> Do you want one more? <laughs> nah. Nah, nah, I'm all right now. Well, good. Don't want you to have it. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, oh, oh, hang oh. on now. Hang on now. What, you don't want me to have it? Well, 
Well, let's just think about this for a second now. <laughs> maybe I was, maybe I spoke a little bit too fast. <laughs> What's so good about this book? Nah, it's crap. Nah, you don't want it. You don't want it. It is rubbish. It is. You wouldn't like it. It's too spicy. Too, too spicy. spicy. It's too spicy for too you. Too spicy for too you. Too much horse death. You yeah, like you wouldn't like it. Nah. <laughs> Too depressing. There's a big, there's a big massive pit of depression that people have to climb out of. Right. Yeah, that's real life. (laughs) That's real life right now. He knows. He's just been chucked in a garbage can. He knows. Oh, I'm sorry. The swamps of sadness. What? You mean regular life? (laughs) You mean having a job? You mean paying a mortgage? (laughs) Getting a mortgage for some people even. Right? Oh. Why don't we just refer to the swamps of sadness as our house? <laughs> I mean, that's a bit depressing. It's not that far. Not our right. house. No, no. no. <laughs> our house is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but our, house has a, our house has a podcast recorded in it. <laughs> Who else can say that? Loads of people. Right, um, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> after, after lockdown. Loads after of lockdown, yeah. Our house has a good podcast recorded in it. Oh, Who okay, else can yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Some people. Well, I mean, okay, all right. Maybe good is subjective. I don't know. But if you think this is a good podcast, don't forget to let us know and rate five stars and interact with us on our social media. And if you don't think it's a good podcast, just don't tell us. I don't want to know. Yeah, if you think we're crap, then don't bother telling us. You know, we, we, we have very fragile egos. We can't deal with that kind of rejection, I'm afraid. Yeah. So I did think that the weirdest part of this film... Out of everything that happened, which I which is saying a lot, okay, because <laughs> there's a lot of this film where you have to suspend your disbelief a little oh, bit. Oh well, yeah. Okay, so the green screen technology was like you can tell in this film that this is this isn't a Jim Henson film. This isn't really like a Spielberg film. <laughs> This is a film that got made on a apparently a quite high budget. Yeah, it was really expensive. But I don't think it was it it had like that flair for production <laughs> no. that a Jim Henson would or a, a Spielberg film yeah, would. Yeah, they don't have the or... attention to detail, do they? No. No, and that was kind of a little bit obvious from the first time that you see fantasy things happening. And I think, if I was to be honest, because it was in the trailers for the film a lot, it was the rock biter that really kind of put me off a little bit. I think it was something about the rock biter. I don't know why... But it was something about that's that. That's weird, because don't you think that's like quite similar to like a Harry Housen? What's he called? Harry Housen? Yeah, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, it's stop motion. Yeah, but don't you think it looks kind of similar to the stuff in his films? A little bit. A little you bit. Right, you didn't mind that, though. I didn't. See, here's the thing. Stop motion is fine. I can kind of deal with the stop motion I just motion mean aspect. like specifically the rock guy. Yeah, but that it, the thing is, it wasn't stop motion. No, it was animatronic. I, I but feel like it's got that look about it. It does kind of, but I don't know if it's like there enough. Anyway, the weirdest part for me was the fact that his dad put into a blender uh, orange juice and an egg 
blended it together and drank it. And that was one shot. Like, that wasn't cut. Like, that actually happened. <laughs> that was actually yeah, something know, that that guy did. Is that a thing? No. Is that a thing that people do? <laughs> like, uh, is that something that people did in the 80s? Was that like a, oh, I need to have a drink in the morning to give me, like, my protein? Because, you know, it's a good thing to have eggs in the morning. But <laughs> I don't want the process of cooking the egg. So I'm going to blend it into my morning OJ so that I can just <laughs> drink it straight back. Is that a thing? No. Did people do that? Or is that literally just this one someone guy says, in this one like, film? Someone says, oh yeah, I'll have, egg, I'll have my orange juice and eggies for breakfast. Not in the same glass. That seems like something that people would do to cure a hangover. This is the thing. Was it common for people in the 80s to blend a raw egg with orange juice similar to the breakfast Bastion's father made in The NeverEnding Story? Is that an actual question that Google has filled out for you? Is that Google predictive? It's on Quora. Oh, okay, all right. Which is like a weird thing, but anyway. <laughs> it's a search engine that no one uses, but okay, we'll go with it. So, oh no, it's not a search engine. It's people actually just put questions and, and real people just answer it. It's oh, like, yeah, like Yahoo right. answers. I literally loved that back in the day because people ask such weird stuff. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. But yeah, there was always stuff when people said like, I thought there was a whole thing where, where people tell you not to eat raw eggs because you like, will kill you or something. I think it's to do with it's salmonella. A, it is a hangover cure, apparently. It, it, yeah, see, that's what, I, that's what I thought. It's something about a hangover cure, maybe. So that it kind of implies that Bastion's dad has just been, like, drinking. Yeah, because his wife after, died. Well, yeah, maybe. That's why he didn't know where, she, that's why he, didn't know where he was all night. Maybe, because he was just drinking. Oh my god, that's a pretty dark insinuation of uh, of that, isn't it? Really? Apparently a lot of weird concept drinks came out during the 70s due to the arrival of the cheap home blender. <laughs> <laughs> the home blender. So there was a, there also apparently was a thing called the Orange Julius. They used fresh squeezed orange juice and a secret powder with raw egg mixed in a blender. Right. And it was called an Orange Julius. Okay. I thought that was like a stand that malls in America had that was called Orange Julius. And they, it was just like an orange juice kiosk. Yeah, it was already made. Yeah. Is that is that where that name they comes from? fresh squeezed orange juice and a secret powder and a raw egg mixed in a blender. Oh, my God. That's what Orange Julius was. Oh, my God. That's so, so weird. So maybe that's where people got the idea from. Oh, that's weird. I don't know that I like that. I mean, it's like, okay, fine. The orange juice would be really rich. And if you blend it together like that, it'll probably have like a foam on it. So it'd be like thick. Yeah, his did have a big foam on it. Yeah, so it would be like, it would, it would probably be drinking like an orange smoothie of some kind. But Ooh. no, <laughs> no, that doesn't it seem right. really disgusting. So like, I'm sorry, but this is just the classic thing of idiot, like dads or parents, like being annoyed at their kids for drawing a unicorn, but he drinks egg and orange juice. And that's not weird. That's hypocritical. <laughs> that's 
That's hypocritical. I'm Don't sorry. Don't start drawing unicorns in your book. I'm just going to get back to my raw egg and orange juice drink. That's double standards. <laughs> right there. How can you think that's fine then? That is spoken like a true cynical adult. Keep your feet on the ground. And one day, you'll grow up to be a free-thinking adult like me that can blend orange juice <laughs> and an egg together into one. If that's the example of what he's got to look forward to, to growing up into, yeah, he's probably made the right decision in this film. He's a terrible, he's a terrible parent. That is... That guy is a terrible parent. That is... He's telling his kid, you know, don't... No, sorry, we're not talking about the dream that you had about your mum who just died. We're not talking about that, sorry. Put it under the rug, cover it up. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. He's obviously not done it in a malicious way. And I like the way that it was approached. Like, he's obviously trying to help him, but he's helping him in the most, like, adult, boring, grown-up way possible. Being like, you know, you've got to start concentrating and behaving and being a grown-up. Oh, yeah, he's going to be blah, able to do blah, that, blah. is he, after his mum just died? Yeah, exactly. So, double standards there, which I find kind of funny. Anyway, okay, you you, you, you found something else interesting. No, I was going to show you um, or the Orange Julius. That's what you've seen, isn't it? Is it? Or not? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They've got, I don't think I mean, I've actually... they've got loads of different stuff now because they do like smoothies and stuff. So, but in the twenty, it started off in the twenties as being that egg powder thing. Oh my god, that's weird. See, I just thought Orange Julius was just like a Jamba oh, Juice or just something. Started up, yeah. It's just like Jamba Juice. Well, yeah. What? Yeah, kind of. So it's like Locations. orange juice, but like crazy calorific. Oh right. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. It just seems like it's smoothies and stuff. See, the thing that I learned about Jamba Juice while I was in the US is that they think it's healthy because it's like you're having fruit oh, yeah. in a smooth, but actually it's crazy sugary, like ridiculous. Oh God. Oh no. Oh no. No, that does not look right. That looks like fizzy, foamy orange juice. Oh, America, why? I want to try it. Why? <laughs> if I see one of those when we're in America, I'm going to have one. Pina Colada, Julius Original. Okay, maybe. Tropical Tango Premium Fruit. See, the Tropical Tango Premium Fruit Smoothie, that just looks like a fruit yeah, smoothie. Yeah, it's a smoothie, yeah. Right, that's fine. Because they branched out. But... But when it first started, it was just powder, egg, and orange juice. Oh, why does it have foam on it? Because they blended it together like that guy. Oh, you get it at Dairy Queen? Yeah, it was a Dairy what? Queen thing. Yeah, but they must... I think they've got their own as well. There's not like... A Dairy Queen might have just bought it out. Why? I mean, there's so many things when I go to America that I just ask why. But I think this is the biggest why. Yeah, I know, but like... when If you came to this country, you'd be seeing spam and be like, why? <laughs> I think with I think the thing that's been the most why for Americans coming over here is black pudding. So black pudding is the thing that in America they go, well, we eat a lot of stuff that's like unusual, but black pudding, why? Yeah. And to them I say, have you ever had black pudding? <laughs> and to them I say, have you ever heard of Orange Julius? Raw egg and orange juice. <laughs> oh, it's nasty. What? 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 So, what? So, how about some more 
is the trivia worth the time? Mm. Now, do you want to hear about Noah Hathaway, who played Atreyu, and all of the crappy things that happened to him mm-hmm. while filming? Oh, okay, go on then. Okay, so Noah Hathaway was the main character of this film, played Atreyu. You said when he first appeared in the film, like, oh, all of the girls must have really loved this guy. He must have been the first crushes of a lot of girls watching it. And I get that. And boys, probably. Probably. Might have been the awakening of a lot of young boys when watching Especially when that girl at the end was like, do anything you can imagine. Right. Scream my name. <laughs> I mean, the there's other insinuations which we can literally get to just as well. after they've seen big boobs on it as well. Yeah, and lots of things on the wall and going into the palace and everything like that that look a lot like vaginas <laughs> in the background. Like you think it's just ornate molding on the wall. You look closer, it looks like a vagina, my oh, friend. You said that was just in my head and now you're and now you're saying The it. more I'm thinking about it and the more I'm the thinking about like, the context all in of it. White, sitting in that clamshell in the middle of something that looked like he'd walked into a vagina. Like <laughs> it's weird. She is essentially the pearl in the clam, right? Right. Right. And everything on the wall looks like vaginas. Like the birth of Venus, who's in like the shell, all naked and... Yeah! I mean, maybe that's the... If you want to get that deep into the artistic intent of the film, maybe that's it. Yeah, because the whole thing seems it. really religious. But I He's don't think God, it was... obviously. I don't think it was that well <laughs> thought through, though. I don't think there was that much thought put into it. Because oh. apparently, in the original book... Atreyu has green skin. So I don't think they've taken any of, like, the mental images that you build from reading the book into consideration (laughs) in this film. I think they definitely. Green skin as well, that that would have lost me straight away. Probably. Probably. But I think the book is meant to be more, like, high fantasy. Yeah. Like,. Lord of the Rings style thing rather than kind of not quite sci-fi not quite high fantasy but very abstract fantasy almost okay you know anyway he was the main character in this film the amount of crap Mm. that he got put through then the amount of times that this kid (laughs) almost Died oh. while filming. Oh. Holy crap. The amount of times this kid nearly died. Noah Hathaway was hurt twice during the making of the movie. While learning to ride a horse, his horse <laughs> threw him off, then stepped on him. People have died from less. People have died from just being thrown off a horse, let alone being stepped on. People have on. died from eating a hamburger that was found under the bed, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, we learned that from <laughs> Teen Angel. Yeah. This is why you don't eat the hamburger you find <laughs> under the bed. While shooting the drowning sequence in the Swamp of Sadness, his leg got caught on the elevator 
and he was pulled underwater. He was unconscious by the time he was brought to the surface. This kid nearly drowned while making the film. Like, (laughs) is that... Does that not blow people's minds when watching this film? Why did they let that happen? (laughs) Well, you're not in in control of a horse throwing you off. No, you're not in control of the horse throwing you off. That's one thing. That's one thing altogether. That is an accident. The fact that his leg got caught on something that pulled him <laughs> How under. How did they know that was going to happen, though? But he could, he was probably shouting, my leg is caught, my What's leg is caught. Elephant? <laughs> probably not. He was probably just screaming, and maybe they just thought, oh, he's getting really into this act and stuff. I don't know. What, where, what's the elevator in? What does that mean? Where? The elevator under the swamp of sadness that was just like lowering them down oh, into okay. the water. Right. So yeah, I think I think I heard that um, that horse did actually die. There's something about that here. Contrary to internet rumor, the horse did not really die during oh. the filming of the Swamp of Sadness scene, yeah. as confirmed by German magazine interview with Noah Hathaway shortly after the movie. And in the years since, at conventions, the horse was given to Noah at the end of filming, but due to the cost of transportation, need for quarantine and sterilization, the horse was left in Germany. Noah gave the horse to Andrel Cecil Kirk Jr. in Dallas, Texas. Hmm. So, the horse didn't actually die during filming. Oh. I think that was more of like an internet (laughs) rumour that got started or kind of got started after the film came out going someone came out going oh yeah i heard the f- the horse actually died shooting yeah, that film because you never actually see the horse any lower than its neck in the in the water so it's no. like no but it said the same thing as what happened to him basically like it got stuck or caught on something and it kept going oh, down oh right right okay i can see how that would happen I can, yeah. Unless, like, the story of him getting caught and pulled under was true, but they used it for the horse instead and it got a bit mixed up. Yeah, that was probably what it was. It was just maybe a miscommunication yeah, in yeah. what happened. I think it's, a, like, obviously, okay, you know, the rumour about a horse dying while making this film, yes, if that did happen, very sad. But... It didn't. I, but, <laughs> A, it didn't. B... A child actor dying during the making of this film. <laughs> That's like, oh, a lot well. more sad. Oh, well. <laughs> Everyone would be like, okay, all right. Wow. We probably have to stop filming this I'm now. sure other people auditioned. Film never would have got made. I don't know. Or it would have gone down in legend as being like, oh, they had to yeah, change actors halfway through. They would have made loads of money off it. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Another one. Noah Hathaway almost lost an eye during the fight scene versus Gamork. One of the claws on his giant paws <laughs> poked him in the face. The robot was also so heavy that he lost his breath as well when he was hit to the when he was hit to the ground by it. They only made one shot due to the risk that he would get seriously wounded. Yeah and they don't even He was already seriously wounded. He nearly lost an eye and he nearly drowned. Yeah, but they don't they don't even really show you um him getting hit by that. that what, what was No, the, they cut away. The, yeah, what was the point in even attempting like him nearly losing an eye and getting the breath out of him or whatever was suffocated yeah. 
just for for, for you to not see it in the for film. For you to not see the shot where they actually so like cut together the fight. Because it's not even on top of him when you see him. He's like no. on the side. He's like got. He kind of is, I suppose. But he's got his hand there with the blood on it from him stabbing him. That's yeah. just so weird. And I mean, this. And this is the thing. You think that it's building towards some sort of big climax where you see this legendary warrior, Atreyu, this hunter, Atreyu, fight something, and it never happens. Yeah, because everything, nothing amounts to anything. Everything starts off as being something and then just finishes. Yeah. <laughs> just like the whole film. It's just like, oh. And it's like a, it's like a five-year-old writing a book. Like, oh, I can't really bother to do the ending. I don't really know how, how, how it finishes. Why don't I just say, oh, he made loads of wishes and had a really nice time. The end. <laughs> That's basically it. I mean, I feel like the other two films of never ending story give more reason and context to Yeah, but this they didn't one. know that that other fi- that those other films were going to happen when they made this no, one. No, you and, and no, and you don't. And to make a 90 minute film out of a book that you only get halfway through. Yeah, so have to cram all that stuff in. Yeah, it seems a little bit like why 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 would you why would you leave it like that and just have have a bank on people coming back for the next one with the intention of making it you know if this film hadn't done well there would have never been the other two and they would no, have they expand, were, I don't oh, well, think they were planning like on that were they oh, and know. then at the end it's just like oh he made loads of wishes and there we go <laughs> okay <laughs> and maybe for at the time this film was visually quite progressive but I don't think it was visually progressive for very long because I feel like the 80s did a lot of things it outdated quite quick I would imagine yeah which is a shame but well they didn't try hard enough I feel like (laughs) and, and, and this is the thing I feel like the never ending story may have been visually progressive at its time and I am not here to point out flaws in people's child's childhoods. I get that if this was a formative film for people's childhood, like, that's great. I can see why it was. I can see why. I can see... If I watched this when I was... If I had actually got into it... <laughs> if I it, hadn't been terrified of that rock man and I actually watched this If film. I hadn't been utterly terrified <laughs> by the concept of some of the things in this film. Yes. If the visual look of this film hadn't completely terrified me into not watching it and I actually stomached it and got into it, there's a very good chance I might well have been... Oh, right. Yeah, this is the kind of fantasy that I like. Yeah. This is the kind of thing, like, going on a mission and there's a quest to be had, yeah, you there's think a story that, to be told, and it all leads up to the importance of the fact that the boy is reading the book. Like, the whole premise of it is around the fact that this boy needs to be reading the book in order to save this fantasy world okay it makes sense so i get it that this is part of people's childhood and i am not ruining that but 
by today's standards, this looks visually not great. This has not aged well. No. This did not age well by the time that the 90s came round. Yeah. And I feel like after the never-ending story came to be, things gradually got visually better and better year by year until Jurassic Park came out. And that's the point that we peaked. Yeah. And everything after Jurassic Park has just been kind of... Eh. <laughs> you know? I know. I know. Even the new graphics in the Jurassic World films and like the Jurassic Park films aren't very good. No! Like, some of them are, like, really not that great. <laughs> We've learned now that the key is a very fine balance <laughs> of computer-generated and, and practical effects. Yeah. That is what makes the film. And I feel like... Well, this had, this had that, though. Yeah. I feel like the Star Wars films that we're getting now visually are on the yeah. same level as Jurassic Park was. <laughs> right? That's so funny. Like, it's the same level of believability. That's not to say they're bad. It's the opposite. They're both really good. I still feel they are at the same level. I feel like yeah. the only exception to this rule is maybe, maybe Avatar. Okay? Mm. But even then, that's a stretch. And that's because James Cameron had to wait 10 years for the technology to catch up to the concept script that he had made. He literally wrote this, the film Avatar 10 years before it came out and he had to wait for technology to get better in order to do it. Why doesn't he just do what Disney do and create the technology? Well, he probably did. Boring. It probably took him <laughs> 10 years to do it. Nah. That being said, don't worry, it did all work out for Noah Hathaway. No, it didn't. Guess what? <laughs> it all worked out for him because Noah Hathaway now owns and operates a tattoo parlour in Los Angeles, California with his wife. All worked out for him. He's living a happy life. Don't worry about him. Oh, He's got no. a tattoo parlour. Okay, that's unusual, but fine. <laughs> oh, I kind of They really thought that kid was going to be someone. I have a tattoo parlour in LA, actually. Yeah. See, it worked out for him. I wouldn't mind that lie. No. Give me that lie. Yeah. I think that people were expecting Noah Hathaway to be someone. You know? Yeah, I think like, so. I, I kind of like... Maybe he got put off by the fact that he nearly died a couple of times doing this film and he maybe thought, oh, I don't know if it's worth this, actually. I might just yeah, not do that Yeah, because it's bloody traumatising. <laughs> yeah. And he had to do a lot of acting, like, against nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Well, yeah, that, well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> you know, he had to act against the bloody animatronic head yeah. of a luck dragon. Well, you know? yeah, that, I think, no, I think the whole thing was there. Yeah, it had yeah. a body. That's why it was. That's why it was always just lying down, all lazily and weird, because it was just a long body. Falcor is actually a forty-three-foot-long motorized yeah. creature with six thousand plastic scales and pink feather fur. His head is three foot tall and yeah. long, and has a long tongue in the mouth. See, this is all crap trivia until it's necessary. Well, yeah, but I'm. Te but I mean, that was necessary at that exact moment because I was saying it's a long body. It was a whole body. Yeah, it is. And it's all there, but I don't know if the whole thing is motorised. 
No, I it's feel not. Like I don't think it is. That's why. That's yeah. what I mean. That's why it's Lionel lazy and weird. Like his body's just like limp and lying, and his head's moving. Yeah. Or it's like his eyes are moving. So this kid had to act against, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. so there's nothing to like emote off of. No. So he had a really difficult job. Yeah. To start with, and then almost died twice <laughs> and almost lost an eye. Yeah, that's probably enough to put people off of acting. Yeah, but imagine how cool he would have looked now in his, in his tattoo parlour in LA with an eye patch. I mean, right. Do you want to know how I lost this eye? I was fighting a werewolf. <laughs> motorised werewolf. It's like, uh, okay, all right. Explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it would make oh, admittedly yeah it would make a really good story <laughs> a never ending story mm. if you will but I don't know do you feel like you've benefited from watching the never ending story now no no I don't know and a part of me is really tempted to watch the other two because no I, because here's the thing the other two are <laughs> well, also guess what you're gonna be watching them on your own the the other two are also only 90 minutes long so yeah, it's not it's like a really big investment oh it is but i feel like they would give context to this film what do you need the context for i don't know let's look up the second one and see what because oh. maybe the second one is the one that i'm just thinking is the one that completely put me see the ah see the the second one came out six years later (laughs) yeah it's pointless six years later and it's a different kid playing bastion it's a different kid playing atreyu yeah because they're all six years older man yeah so all of these people are like entirely different cast which is really strange. A young boy with a distant father enters a world of make-believe and magic through a portal within an antique book. See, that's what I thought the plot of the first one was going to be. I literally thought that... Look at this kid. That's what the kid looks like in the second one. It's just... I thought that that was what it was going to be for... uh, for, for this first film and I thought it was going to be that the por- the book is the portal into the world and that's what he goes into I definitely think that it is the trailer for the second film that I've seen that has put uh, yeah <laughs> there are some things in this that look weird to me oh god yes right the third one this is such good audio content. Isn't <laughs> it's it? it's just me reacting I, to things. I can't even see what you're talking Even I can't see what you're talking about. So, yeah, this is terrible. And the third one came out a further four years later and also has a different person playing Bastion. Maybe it's not Bastion. Maybe it's someone else. No, it is. It's Bastion. How do you know that? Because it says Bastion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black is in it, though. Oh. Jack Black plays plays a character in it. So That must be one of his first roles. Uh in 1994, yeah, yeah. maybe, I don't know. A, a young boy must restore order when a group of bullies steal the magical book that acts as a portal between Earth and so the imaginary world of Fantasia. So what was the thing that you were, that you didn't like about the second one then? What was the thing you were boking about? 
Ah, oh, there's so the rock biter yeah. has a child and it's someone walking around in a suit as a baby like rock golem that looks just so bad and off putting. Can you not show me? Okay, I mean, yes, but and I'll leave it with you and you will see the part that I see <laughs> in it. But so it's never ending story two, the trailer that you saw that you didn't like. I then. think it is. Because you said it was about the rock thing that was the thing that you didn't like. So it seems I think like... it is. I think it is. And there's just everything why about does he it. Look looked... con- why does he look confused in this one? Like he's opening the book like he's confused, like he's never seen it before. I feel like the whole start of the second one recaps everything that we have just seen oh, in this right. one. Oh. I feel like it recaps the whole thing. I don't know. So Falcor looks better though. Of course, Falcor looks great in everything. He's Falcor. Falcor <laughs> is the one. Falcor, I think, that is baby the one. Rock thing. Everything about the look of this trailer for the second one puts me off of it. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like this is the point where really we should like be. It. No, I'm sorry not? to say that I just didn't really like it. I feel like this is the point at which we should be giving this film a rating. As we do every episode, the person that hasn't seen the film gets to give the film a rating, but every episode, what the rating is out of changes. So, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Yeah, I'm going to give it two boobs. Two boobs? Good. <laughs> no, two. Yeah, I feel two. Like... Sorry, but two. Yeah, two. Because I've given better films like three and a half and threes and stuff, just yeah. because I've been like, uh. no, no, no. so yeah, I'm going to give it two. Okay. Two boobies. Two big old boobies. I feel like there was another film that we've reviewed that you gave it two boobies for. Probably. Yeah, probably. But I can't remember what it was. If anyone has listened to the episodes religiously... There's been so many different films I wouldn't even be able to remember. We are up to about 43 at this point. Yeah. So I feel like that's a lot that we've been through. And with a rating that changes every time. But if anyone can remember what it was that Amber rated something two boobies for, then, you know, that would be good to remind us. Do let us know. No, I can't. I don't, I I genuinely don't know. I am lost because I'm very, I'm very torn because I feel like there's a significant part of cultural history where at least the first film belongs in. It's still based on opinion, though. You don't have to give it a better rating just because other people like it. No, but I... I, And I also feel that culturally, the first film has a relevance and has a, a, a reason for being. But looking at it through my cynical, heartless, adult eyes, <laughs> knowing what I know now, I just don't... I I feel like the film could have benefited if it had literally been made by Jim Henson. Yeah. You know? Just that one thing. If Jim Henson had been in charge of making this film... Yeah, maybe. I feel like it would have been a much better... And I'm going to double-check that actually it wasn't Jim Henson doing this because there's a chance that it might have been it doesn't say anything about him on it, so I wouldn't think so. Well, I don't even know if he was a producer. Or... I never saw his name. It was all German people. 
No, it's all Wolfgang Peterson is the person that's behind a lot of this. Yeah, a lot of German names behind it. And I just feel like if this was a project that had been given to Jim Henson or Steven Spielberg, it would have been a very, very different feeling behind it. So for that, I think I can only really give it two as well. Maybe two and a half. Two and a half because I actually liked Falcor. Oh, okay. I didn't. No. <laughs> no, it gets it gets an extra half because Falcor I actually it, liked. What are you giving it out of? Uh, what am I going to give it out of? I'm going to give it out of Orange Julius. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> the most disgusting part of the film. So, yeah. I'm going to give it two and a half Orange Juliuses. If that is indeed what it actually, the name of it was. I don't think it is, but that's just, it's still a weird thing. Disgusting. So there you have it. The never-ending story. And even though it's some drastic false advertising in its title, I feel. I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, while you're watching it. We're still talking about it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's done its job. Maybe that was the whole point all along. Maybe the real never-ending story is the fact that we're talking about it afterwards maybe that's how it's never-ending because it's never-ending in our hearts and minds okay so anyway gets two boobies from amber and two and a half orange juliuses from me but what do you all out there think is the never-ending story a key part of your childhood that you've hung on to all of these years and it has a deeper meaning for you because you enjoyed it as a child when it came out and there is no discernible concept in your mind as to never ending story being a bad film or being outdated of any kind or are you a little bit like me did the look of the film make you feel a little bit, little bit on edge because it wasn't quite right to you and it was just a film that never really grabbed you or you got into have you yourself ever tried an orange julius and know what the big deal is about it if you are american and you can tell us what the big deal about orange julius is please do feel free to to inform us because we're really interested now (laughs) we're invested in this we're equally as invested in this as some people have been in the never-ending story franchise all of these opinions and more can be conveyed to us through our social medias. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amberinch. And don't forget to use the hashtag BTTRpod. Did I say too many T's then? I don't know. No. I always feel like I, I do. So. The hashtag BTTRpod. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think that's right. On social media to let us know when we are being talked about on the internet that is definitely staying in by the way i'm not editing that out (laughs) amber if the listeners have enjoyed this episode and not currently been offended by our opinions on the never-ending story what else should they do like subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars also follow at bttr podcast on insta on in star, 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 star. <laughs> because that's how many stars they should be giving us. Oh. Yes. So if you have enjoyed this episode, do feel free to tell friends, family, 
people that you like about this podcast because podcasts like this do rely on word of mouth getting around. So do feel free to spread the word about the fact that you've enjoyed this podcast. If you haven't enjoyed it, tell people that you don't like. But then if you haven't enjoyed it, you probably haven't listened this far. So this message isn't for you. If you do want to listen to us review the other installments in the never-ending story. Tough. (laughs) Not tough. You will have to get in contact with us on social media. If there's enough of an outcry for us to do the never-ending story to the next chapter, I will suck it up and I will sit through it and watch it and I will conquer my uneasy feeling about the uncanny valley of that film and I will just get through it and we'll see what turns out from that film. But until the point where that either does or does not happen, depending how much of an outcry there is for it. Amber, (laughs) I need you to do something for me. What? I need you to turn around. (laughs) I need you to look at what you see. (laughs) It's the chapter of our never-ending story. (laughs) That that bit in Stranger Things makes so much sense oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was a, that, that's the best bit of this film. Is that it's giving yeah, context for remi- that. It's reminded me of. Oh that. boy, let's just go watch Stranger Things instead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs>